Get ready to tap into the minds of the founding fathers of SEO. Rocket, rocket to the next generation of search engine optimization 3.0 with traffic that will put your website into a head-on collision. Decades of combined SEO expertise give their take on the world of SEO. Now, here are the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of search, the SEO, SEO rock stars. All right, everyone. Welcome to SEO Rockstars. We are live recording this episode on December 15, 2015, so hope you get to hear it sooner and later. Uh, my name is Chris Boggs, and I'm the founder of Web Traffic Advisors, and I'm joined, as always, by Frank Watson, Aussie Webmaster. How are you today? Very good, mate, and uh, we've got some really interesting uh, pieces that uh, have come across the desk over the last week or so. I know. I have. Um, I think I'm really excited about this first topic because, first of all, uh, it's written by someone who I've respected for years in the industry, Roger Monty uh, of MartiniBuster.com. And secondly, it's an awesome topic to talk through uh, in regards to some of what's going on in SEO these days, and and what's important, and and you know what continues to be a, a basic best practice and what isn't. So from the Martini Buster blog, martinibuster.com, search algorithm ranking factors. And the title of this particular article is Pulp Fiction Ranking Factors. What do you think about that, Frank? It's, it's clever. And, and the article is a good overview on, you know, just exactly, we spend way too much time trying to work out what these ranking factors are. And, you know, there's a lot of mythology that goes with them. And, and this is a pretty interesting article to just sort of give you a very strong overview on what it is and what it isn't. Yes, and so let's get right into some of the discussion points. First of all, the reason that it's titled Pulp Fiction Ranking Factors is, for those of you who know Roger, uh, it's kind of a snarky, I think, title, and it, it makes sense because, as, as I mentioned before, there's often uh, stuff that gets said that either is misconstrued or is incorrect, right? So, for example, uh, in the, uh, what um, Roger writes is the phrase ranking factor is applied liberally to many things that aren't actually ranking factors. On occasion, as in the case of Facebook likes, the SEO industry has clearly got it wrong, right? So now that's a pretty sweeping statement. I think that there's a lot of uh, SEOs that are successful and you know timely that have mapped and the correlation between Facebook likes and pages that rank well, uh, that can correlate. And certainly whether or not it's a ranking factor is, I think, what Roger is, is arguing here. So one thing that I think it's important to do as well when you're uh, you know, reading these kind of articles and writing them and, and, and honestly uh, doing things that cause them to be written is that uh, everything's about perception, right, Frank? Um, so what one person's ranking factor may be called that. And in fact, I was recently working with a smaller agency where they used the term ranking factor as sort of their you know, big word to describe the different things that were going to be ultimately deliverables, right, as part of an SEO. So I think that we're talking semantics here, right? And and that's an important first uh, comment that I'd love from you, Frank. Uh, you know, the difference between ranking factors versus things that correlate and happen to go together in SEO and across it's, other yeah, channels. Very true. I, and in the case of like Facebook, like 
likes. It isn't like you accumulate Facebook likes and they're influenced like inbound links. I think what happens is you, know, you get a lot of Facebook links and the add along with that is you get traffic. You get people clicking through. There's interactivity with your content. So saying that the actual like itself is a ranking factor and people go out and they you know find places that'll get them a bunch of likes thinking that it's going to have a direct impact on their uh, where their pages are in the SERPs. That's not necessarily true. It's more the other things that happen because you've got a bunch of likes. If they're true valued likes, it generally you know goes in that people will click through to that content. So it's the interaction with the content not necessarily just the fact that you got the thumbs up from Facebook. Exactly. Now, Roger goes on to say and, and describe how there's actually some contradictory stuff even when you think about it. And, and again, I mean, I think he takes a little jab when he says, uh, what about the other factors that are based on patents, research papers, and reasonable observations? Uh, but, you know, again, so it's good because he's taking a real strong stand here and that's allowing him to really elucidate what he means, right? So I think his argument that some um, contradictions exist in, in regards to what are ranking factors – what he states is that the surprising truth is that some ranking factors necessary to rank are not always ranking factors. And understanding the difference will make you a better internet marker. Um, so click-through rate becomes the first next kind of in-detail topic. And and I think there's a lot of patents out there and that there's a lot of SEOs that are what you would call reasonable and make reasonable observations that believe in click-through rate uh, and, and at 100% of the cases, right? And I think Roger's trying to make an argument here that it shouldn't always be relevant. Yeah, I mean, this one's really hard. and And what he's talking about here is you know, something that modifies <clears throat> the search result ranking, you know, based on what he says here, implicit user feedback and a model of presentation bias. You know, the presentation bias, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm a firm believer that click-through rate influences how Google, uh, you know, influence, you know, determines the rankings, but... But it's future it's, rankings. It's, it's not it's, the real-time rankings, is his argument. Exactly. You know, and that's the thing. If if you've got ten results and eight of them seem to be getting a reasonable number of clicks and two of them aren't, Google's going to see that okay, this these other two aren't getting a lot of interaction, so obviously, you know, let's try something else. You know, I don't think they directly have an impact on you know what I mean, a rank, you get the clicks and you know, it's it's hard to, to separate them. But they do have an impact, but the impact is on you know, something that's happening down the line when they make a change. Right. And so what he moves on to say then based on um, you know, the click-through rate and how it, it figures in, um, the statement that your keyword is no credential here and, and really tries to drive home that that's important distinction – um, user experience is what will determine the winners and losers in the kind of algorithm that that patent describes, right? So your keywords have no credentials in the kind of algorithm that measures a user's experience. What do you think about that statement? Well, he goes on and says that, you know, if click to right was a ranking factor, this wouldn't be the case, you know, that, that the ups and downs, and, and it would be another signal that could be spam. Personally, um, it is a signal that's being spammed, you know, that there are people out there that are, you know, doing click and search, 
buying clicks, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, and and things like that through various you know methodologies, but often uh, in North America, I've heard, yeah, somewhere in this country, <laughs> North something factory of, of of workers that you know like the Keebler elves. That's right. So I think that you know. Uh, the the idea of trying to manipulate click through rate because it, you know you take the um, almost absolutist opinion that it's a ranking factor. What, what Roger's saying is that that could be a waste of money in some cases. Right now, that click through rate in potentially highly volatile or competitive, uh, you'd have to test it. Right, and and we can all sit here and wonder. But until you know you have a con- semi-controlled environment with a lot of volume, it's very hard to really determine if click-through rate is a ranking factor that can be gamed. Right now, I would suggest that since people are doing it and spending money on it, that in some cases it is working, or at least it's part of the puzzle. Right? Yeah. See, the problem with this is, you know, where it enters in that whole realm of sort of mist and mirrors about you know it happening immediately and it impacting something that's going to change and you know, i mean one we know that google you know you come and you do a search and the search results can come back differently even you know on on a, a an hour by hour basis you know so i mean if that's the case then there's got to be some sort of influence of interaction to make those changes or do you think that it's because new contents come up and, and it's wheeled all things around and all of a sudden the rank is changed. See, we don't know. Because there's no transparency, we have a hard time with it. Well, I think there's a disconnect there, right? And that's something that we can't really justify without knowing the whole machine. But it appears that if Roger's argument that the updates are not real time and they're, they're, it's feedback that's given into the algorithm for future rankings, uh, then if that's the case, then that's in direct conflict with the uh, technology that's able to deliver real-time results, right? And so what happens to those uh, pieces of content that jump up based on the authority of the particular publisher or maybe they're actually part of a news box originally and then they gain enough authority to become an organic result. Uh, those, I think, would throw in a lot of um, you know, loops in, into, the, into the equation there, wouldn't they? Yeah, I think part of the confounding nature of this article is the fact that you do have different stages of ranking. You have ranking that's done automatically, you know, like you do the search and there it is, and everything that's happening in that instant is being measured and determined, and that's what the results are. And, you know, you've got to take into consideration things like geography. Personalization. Yeah, all of those, you know. So, you know, saying that because it happens. What about mobile? Not to cut you off, but I want you to finish this up with tying mobile into that as well. Well, exactly. See, mobile ties directly into the localization of search results. I think that the mobile results are far more location-oriented than a desktop. And, I mean, Google, you know, there are different results now for different types of devices when you're doing a search. Yeah, this is good stuff. You know, we should take a break. Uh, this, I really highly recommend checking out the Martini Buster article. Uh, there's some, you know, some good citations in there, a couple uh, as well. Uh, and uh, hope that we can get Roger on soon sometime to talk about some of his wacky, awesome theories that are usually pretty spot on. So stay with us. We'll be right back with you on SEO Rockstar. 
You're listening to the SEO Rockstars, exclusively on webmasterradio.fm. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis, SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, so social the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your facebook contest and sweepstakes create a fun easy to win contest by writing a simple facebook post watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction track your traffic and generate email lists with ease so social is mobile friendly and complies with facebook terms of service let so social give your facebook page some flash today zoom over to zosocial.com Let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO rock stars exclusively on webmasterradio.fm. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Glad you stuck with us. It's uh, December 15th, 10 days till Christmas for those of you that celebrate that. Uh, Hanukkah just finished, uh, so it's the season of many holidays. Um, so I wish. Uh, Happy holidays to everyone, and and I know uh, Frank does as well. We, uh, you know, we love to have opportunities to spend time with family and to reminisce, uh, and we hope that everyone, uh, you know, has had a great year uh, and has favorited SEO rock stars on iHeartRadio and iTunes. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook at SEO rock stars and at Twitter uh, slash SEO rock stars as well. Um, so let's get right back into some topics. Um, we're going to talk linking in this second segment. Got a couple good articles here that our curator, Mr. Watson, has come up with. And, well, Frank, the yeah, first one. There's really – these two are really good. Uh, I think the first one by uh, Jason Demers uh, at Search Engine Land called The Seven Characteristics That Make a Link Bad, in quotation marks for SEO – is, is a good place to start. You know, we do, you know, link building isn't what it used to be. You know, you've got to be a little bit more savvy. You've, you know, you've got to go and get, you know, good quality links because, you know, there's been enough, 
whether we call them algorithm updates or whatever you want to, you know, penalties or whatever Google, you know, the various P's uh, has, have brought through. And we need to be a little bit more accurate. And, and in this, uh, the article quotes John Mueller saying that link building in general is a strategy to avoid. And I mean, how the hell, you know, so what do you do? We just write content that you arbitrarily, you know, determine whether it's good or not, uh, or, or the, you wait for the gods of, you know, wherever that put links to you. It's the basis of, you know, it's the basis of their algorithm. As we were talking earlier, the correlation, this, that, and the other. If you're new to SEO, links are what was originally and majorly determined of the way that Google built their algorithm. Larry Page is what PageRank is named after, and he used it based on papers. If you took 100 academic papers on a particular topic, there would be four or five references in there that everyone used. So they became the authority. And then the measurement of other references, the more there were in those across-the-board 100 articles that we were looking at, that was the ranking of their, their weight. Now, authority. Yeah, their authority. Authority. Exactly. (laughs) Consequently, how they you know rank pages in their search results. Now, you know, people went to it. You know, there was a period when just pure volume of links was something that got you ranked well. Then we had you know the repetition of anchor text. All of these things have been you know spammed and and black hat people have used to to game the system, and so Google's refined and refined, and now we've got it to the stage of trying to determine how to choose between a good and bad link, and, and these seven uh, points are really good. It's on a low authority or questionable domain. Okay, so yeah. that's pretty... Um... Straightforward. Yeah. You know, I try to avoid those sites that uh, you know just pop up here and there with pretty thin content, but you know, the You've got links, and you get a lot of those links. Google's going to notice them, and the quality of your website from you know links like that is not going to have much of an impact. One thing to keep in mind that I want to throw in before we get too into these seven factors is that you got to not be an extremist, just like everything else in life, right? So don't freak out if you find a link that's pointed to you on a domain that has a really low authority based on some tool, right? Whatever tool it is out there that's giving it a low authority. Uh, there are mistakes sometimes made and, and also there are those kind of links naturally pointed to lots of sites, right? So um, you, you got I just want to say that any one of these kinds of things, if one or a few exist, I think the point of this article is that a lot of the characteristics, they all exist or many of a few of these factors exist in a, a broader number of links, like you said, Frank. So uh, I just want to really clarify that, that, um, you know, don't freak out because your links or a link that's pointed at your site uh, entails one of these seven characteristics, right? Yeah, I, absolutely. And I mean, it's almost like you're sculpting. So, I mean, there could be the fact that, you know, we don't know, but Google could expect you to have a few of them because if you don't, then you're just doing a really, really good job of sculpting specifically the links that you're getting. You know, it said number two is it's pointing to a source irrelevant to its content. So, yeah, you're going to have someone that writes about something that just happens to like your content and 
you know, gives you a link to, you know, tell their people to read it, you know, and one that is definitely something that you've got to look at, it's repeated too many times on the domain, specifically, you know, if it's the same anchor text, you know, run of site links, which, which used to be really valuable, now aren't as, you know, don't have that influence, and one, Google just downgrades them, from what I've read and what I've heard, you know, John and and various other people from Google state, they just don't count them anymore. You get one, you know, if you have three links on the same page going to the, you know, going to your site, same page, they're not giving it any any more influence past the first one. So, you you know, you're really wasting your time and effort there. As far as you know. As yeah, far as we exactly. Know. As far as we can, you know, cull from the... There's going to, again, be an exception to the rule here and there, right? So if, for example, you are the Red Cross site uh, for Hurricane Katrina and you have three successive links to the same page or around for different areas of the page, or I, you know, there's I could come up with examples, right, where uh, those links may, uh, you know, they're still the user, right, in point there. Now, Google probably wouldn't count them three times. Uh, but I don't think it would hold against you if you had a whole lot of calls to action or, or paths for users uh, of varied levels of sophistication to be able to reach a page that you want them to. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I agree with you there 100%. You, you know, an article that's talking about and pointing to something like Katrina to the Red Cross, you know, and there's three different references to it, that's going to get you traffic. You know, the, it's not a bad thing to do. Uh, it's just that Google has made statements that we we believe to be true that they're only counting the first one. Yep. As yep. as a, you know, I'm a an SEO. Yeah. But again, don't just let SEO lead your user four, experience, right? Do yeah, the number four one here it says it's a part of a reciprocal exchange. You know, again, like you had said, reciprocal links should be part of something because you know you're always going to have that, especially if you're in you know. If there's an exchange of links from uh, people writing about the same sort of stuff. Or that you network with your neighbors down the street that are also single uh, owner businesses or something, right? Uh, But again, not in in excess. Hey, let's jump over to the other one because we got to take a break soon. And I want to make sure we get this other website magazine article in here, which is Judging a Link's True SEO Value by... Uh, administrator, according to the one section, but actually by Travis uh, Bliffen uh, from Seller SEO. Yeah, uh, this article is really good, mate. It, you know, it's very technical, uh, talking about you know, where you can get links. You know, he mentions the fact that uh, you can buy domains that have you know expired domains that have links that are in your wheelhouse of topic. You know, if you want to sort of build more inbound links. I don't know where Google stands on that one in and of itself, but uh, you know, you buy another domain and you redirect it, and you know, just looking at where uh, particular pages that link to you, or you might be looking to get a, a link from, you know, that, doing a, an evaluation of their page, what inbound links are coming to them, what trust value or citation flow, you know, depending on what tool you're using, they all have different names of, you know. Whether it's the old PR for Google or the Moz Rank or yeah. uh, Majestic. So I got something to jump in on that one. So there's a yeah. section called Topical Trust Flow in the article that states links coming from related sites are more powerful than links with the same metrics coming from unrelated websites. Now, 
I actually was just part of one, and, and I only did one this year, of those, you know, everyone jumps in and provides a prediction or something like that kind of articles. Uh, yep. So I did one for uh, Momentology, uh, the search metrics um, publication uh, for Danny Goodwin, uh, for a longtime friend and our old uh, editor over at Search Engine Watch for some yeah. time. Actually, our last editor when we were writing the uh, Search Engine Crossfire. Uh, so anyway... I think, and I stated, I think, something to the effect that um, there are links that will naturally look unrelevant or unnatural, but those are from sites like CNN or ABC Channel 7 or et cetera, where they have a natural outbound eclectic pattern of links, right? So I would argue the one argument I would have with that statement is that there can be um, – powerful links from unrelated websites, right? He's saying absolutely that links coming from related websites, if everything else is equal, uh, that they're going to be more powerful uh, from, than from an unrelated site, where I argue that there are examples of unrelated sites like those news channels that have an eclectic outbound link pattern that you should get links from as well, right? Yeah. I, you know, and I mean, I think it depends on the topical trust flow. You know, The topical trust may be that you know, places like CNN and ABC News and things like that have a, a gamut of trust value. So they, you know, they they're multi-topical. Right, and yeah, I'm just saying that I've long been a, certainly an advocate and a champion for the idea of getting links from relevant sites because it is an ultimately a user experience positive, right? Because that's the easiest way to ask someone for a link is if you actually have useful, relevant content for their audience. Um, so. Topical trust flow makes sense, uh, and and you know this could get us into a discussion around which came first, the chicken or the egg, and, exactly. and the symbiotic relationship that SEOs have with Google. Because a lot of these links and the increase in topical links came about not only because of naturally people linking to each other, but also because of the increased uh, job by SEOs of doing it. But listen, we got to take a break, uh, and then we'll come back with you. Stay with us here on SEO Rockstar. You're listening to the SEO Rockstars, exclusively on WebmasterRadio.fm. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents... The 14th Annual Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is February 15th, 2016. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website, as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry into the Web Marketing Association's 14th Annual Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your entry today at iacaward.org. That's iacaward.org. 
Is buying something that is made in the USA important to you? How do you know that it really is made in the USA? Certified Inc. is the only supply chain audit company on the planet which qualifies country of origin labeling. If it's important to you as a consumer to know where the products you buy and use in your own home come from, then it's also important for your customers. Visit us at madeinusa.net and find out more. Go to madeinusa.net because it's that important. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Now, let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO rock stars exclusively on webmasterradio.fm. All right, everyone, we are back. Thank you for staying with us once again. It is December 15th. I'm here with Frank Watson. We just had a nice conversation around links. Any last comment in regards to the website magazine article, uh, Frank, before I move along? I definitely think anyone that's working in our space should at least give that one a read. You know, I mean, it, it's pretty solid information, and it just gives you an idea when you're doing link assessments and things like that or site audits for, for your clients to get a, a, a deeper feel. It just takes you back a couple of steps you know, beyond just what's coming to you and looking at what's behind the ones that are actually linking to you. So moving along, I agree. Thank you. Uh, moving along into our last two topics, which are actually really exciting too. Um, this is probably going to be our second to last live show that we'll record this year. Um, so, um, well, maybe we'll do one next week and the week after, actually, based on the day of Christmas and New Year's this year. So you guys could be lucky, our faithful fans. Thank you very much for listening. We're going to talk about this Search Engine Roundtables article from two weeks ago that we were going to cover last week, but we ran out of time. Barry Schwartz wrote um, on December 8th, Google stealing lyrics without attribution. And he was covering an article, uh, not um, a blog uh, from Evo Shop uh, and uh, some discussion around it. So, Frank, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, oh, and there was an update at the Google Play Store, which is where Google links go for full lyrics. They removed the lyrics from their site. Um, so... Update number two, the lyrics are back. Update number three, the lyrics are back, correct, and listed without comments. Uh, and they never commented. So, Frank, is this basically, um, and I know our second topic in this segment is kind of related in that way, is this Google moving towards more content thievery, as some would yeah. say? Yeah, I, you know, I mean, as much as I love what Google does, I, you know, you know me, I, I, the voice of shots at them. And I think, you know, this one where they're not, you know, giving attribution for where they're getting things from, 
Um, it's just another one of them scraping content and throwing it up. And, you know, they're in the knowledge graph boxes now, they're, they're actually putting ads around them. So, I mean, they're taking your content, they're using it in a knowledge box, and then they're, they're putting ads appropriately that would be around the topic and get clicks. So it's, it's like they're ad sensing their own stuff, you know, with your content. You know, so, I mean, that part is, is really sort of like out there. And at some stage, someone's got to call it out. And obviously, we don't have the impact to be able to make any, you know, change on that. But, you know, this is, come on, guys. If we were doing it, if we were taking other people's content and, you know, Google would, someone would put in, you know, a cease and desist or, a, you know, whatever the paperwork is, copyright, and, and we'd be forced to take it down or Google would uh, drop the website. Uh, yes, definitely. You know, and, and they recently, another instance of what I've seen is Google just invested a large amount of money in Medium, which is like a content uh, curation website. Right. And so this is topic two, by the way, that we're segging into. Yeah, but it's, no, all, it's, it's definitely all, related. It all so. comes around the, you know, one, they're grabbing content and putting it up into a knowledge box that are, that's there literally for, you know, I don't know what the percentage is, but it looks to me like it's pushing up to at least 50% of their search results of some sort of knowledge box or, or some way that they can use someone else's content to create direct influence, you know, information. And then they bought Medium, which is this curation website of, of various content where people can, you know, get blog posts, you know, like a guest blogging type situation. Uh, and then there, they're ranking the Medium content in like the news, in their news results. If you recently, last week when I first noticed this, I did a search for uh, Periscope and all of a sudden these Medium articles were coming up, which had you know weren't anything to do with the direct news articles it was someone else's news article that was in medium that was ranking driving the traffic to medium i mean at what point does google have to answer for the fact that you know they're using other people's content yeah you're a search engine and you've got the right to rank things but make it your own stuff have some you know start a content creation team not a content scraping team because, you know, if we do it, we get into trouble. You do it, you're, you know. We're- it's user experience. It's a positive user experience. Yeah, but. That's what I'm saying is, is I'm finishing your statement, right? Yeah. If, if we get in trouble for it, it's because we're stealing or but for them. Um, I, I think, you know, and, and with you, Frank, I, I'm certainly a staunch advocate of Google and, and have long supported them even, you know, in editorial capacity and stuff like that. And But. You know, these are the areas where you have to, you know, be vigilant and 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 call Google on on some things, right? It's like just like the whole not provided keyword thing is still a little bit of bad taste in my mouth because they were providing those keywords for the whole time to people that were using a paid search, uh, you know, ad to click on it, right? And 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 then under the ruse of security and privacy, they're saying they're not going to give it to you if they came in through organic, right? So, uh, you know, there's a lot there's a repetition of that kind of attitude and and we know what happened to the shopping comparison engines and and who's to say that if google's taking lyrics now 
um, you know, has taken, will take recipes, things like that, what's going to happen. So we thank you, uh, and we have to continue to, uh, you know, keep Google vigilant. Uh, we're all evil marketers in one way or another, and Google does a lot of great things in the world, but we got to keep an eye on them in terms of the type of content that they sometimes may be taking and repurposing, which uh, if a publisher was doing it, they would get slapped on the wrist. Thanks for being with us on SEO Rockstars. Have a great week. Frank Watson, we'll see you next week. Peace out, everyone. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited.